welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kids Show, the podcast aimed at helping you and the children you care for connect, achieve and navigate your way through the everyday ups and downs of life. Today I want to discuss what I call my optimal sensory threshold or my sensory optimal sensory engagement band. Um, I had the amazing um, pleasure and um, joy and good fortune of being able to attend the Chelsea Flower Show um, yesterday and it was amazing and phenomenal in just so many ways. Um, I realized on my way there as well as just during the day that I have a fairly narrow um, optimal band for engagement and I'm going to explain this to you in terms of our sensory thresholds. So there has been a lot of research done and we've had some amazing people write about what we call our um, optimal engagement band as termed by Grace Baranek or just you know looking at our sensory thresholds we've had um, people like um, Dr. Renoso, Dr. Gustavo, and they have written a lot about this band, this optimal band where we function our best. So if you think about every day, right, we have what we call a, um, a threshold, okay? And when we think about our, our sensory processing, there are moments where we... Um, we go through various kind of functions, neural functions. So we register our registration, we register and detect the sensation. We then orient to it, or orientate to it, and we look at it. We try and see what it is. We then um, look at our arousal, our level of alertness. Um, we then have our reactivity. So how are we going to respond to these sensations? And then comes that really, really crucial part of self-regulation, okay? So what we are going to do from a physiological, um, sensory, motor, emotional, cognitive, and behavioral point where we can see, okay, what can I do to adjust my levels of alertness? What can I do to um, control um, the situation, control my temper, for example. Okay. Um, and a lot of research has been done looking at that interaction between our sensation and our arousal regulation. And when things aren't going well, you might see these difficulties with sleep or waking you might have high anxiety, um, feel really stressed, distractible, um, hyperactive, or just have these attentional difficulties, right? Um, and, you know, what we've seen is that when we look at the stimuli coming in, if they are particularly intense, we are going to perform in a certain way and we're going to have different levels of arousal. If that level of arousal is 
too low because the intensity of that sensation wasn't high enough, then our performance is going to be too low, okay? Um, and, and so that is that moment what we call, you'll hear it quite often, we talk about that calm alert state. And that's where we have our optimal functioning, you know, where you can say you are in the zone, you have flow, you have, you are on fire, okay? Um, and a lot has been done on this, this arousal theory where you've got this band of where things are going really, really well, or you can have, um, you know, where things aren't going so well. And this is really closely related to our emotional reactions, for example. So, um, you know, if you have, um, if you are in a state of high arousal, okay, so you are really excited um, or super, super happy, you may not be able to focus on, say, writing an essay. Or if you are feeling stressed or anxious, um, again, you may not be able to write said essay, okay? So I'm thinking of myself yesterday. I had um, I had a really good session in the morning, my second session canceled, so I had more time. So I was able to get myself to my friend's house and we were then able to make our way off to the flower show, okay? Um, on my way there, I started downloading the tickets because I thought, okay, let's download the tickets and take a picture of it. And my friend said, why are you doing that? Because we'll just, we can just look at them when we get there. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, be chill. And he said, you can do this. You don't have to, you know, get OTT about everything. Um, and arrived there, beautiful day, sunny day. Um, you know, crowds, everyone was happy. I then go to um, download my tickets and I can't, I can't get online. Um, and so my, my band of engagement, which was pretty chilled, pretty averagely in the middle, I now have that I'm in high arousal. I'm now feeling alarmed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling frustrated with myself. I'm feeling angry that I can't get online. And now I can't, I can't cope. So now my threshold for people bumping into me is just non-existent. My threshold for all the sounds around me is just non-existent because I cannot get these tickets. And so I realize there's no signal. I am in some sort of alter alternative reality, like hardest zone of zero signal okay and I'm getting stressed I'm messaging my husband of course at this point I can't remember my password right I know my password can't remember it and I'm trying all these different alternatives and I just am finding myself getting more and more and more stressed so my arousal levels are increasing and I'm, they are getting higher and higher. And in that state, my um, emotional reactions were getting higher and higher. And all the sensory input coming in was just too much for me. Okay. Um, and we then had our bags checked. Okay. Bags checked. Still no signal. 
go inside, stand in the corner, speak to the steward. She's like, yeah, there's no signal here. There's nothing you can do. You've got to go back, cross the road. And so I'm, I'm now going into shutdown, right? Um, I'm sure my friend was talking to me. I wasn't hearing her. Okay, so I then flicked over to 5G, did blah, blah, blah. Suddenly everything came in. Suddenly I got the tickets, um, had them scanned, went in. But my arousal levels were still really, really high. Because if you think about it, my body was flooded with just stress hormones. Okay, Um, and then I had this, I was slowly coming down back to optimal. But I was kind of feeling like, you know, there was just no, um, there was no engagement at that point. I was feeling really, really tetchy and I could hear people talking and people were bumping into me and it was sunny. And my friend was asking me what type of coffee I wanted. And really, I just wanted a glass of wine. I just wanted something to help me get that arousal levels down but it was almost 11 that's too early even for me um and so I thought okay I'll get a coffee and then I couldn't make those decisions of what type of coffee I wanted because my my engagement band was just so narrow and I was just not able to to pay attention to have that positive affect and so, you know, as I was, as I was calming, as I was breathing, I could then say, actually, can I have an iced coffee? Because I know that ice and cold always helps me regulate. Um, and it means that I can, I can enjoy my drink faster and it would help me cool down. Um, and so we need to think about this, this, it's really, it's this optimal engagement band, okay? And we need to think about what can happen in that band. So when we are in the, our optimal engagement bands, we are able to pay attention, okay? We are able to be positive and optimistic. People can approach us. We can approach others. Um, but when we are in in a higher threshold, so above that, um, you know, it's going to take a lot less input, and by input I mean sensory input, to um, to reach that kind of orientation level, to reach that aversion threshold where you are just, you have sensory avoidance, sensory re- rejection, okay? So every little sound is going to be alarming, is going to um, trigger you essentially. Um, and, you know, that is very much what we're saying is that our, our, our band of optimal engagement is becoming narrower and narrower, and it's becoming really restricted. So, you know, it's, um, we, we need a lot of input in order to, um, to reach that threshold where we can orientate to things positively. So, you know, if it's too high, you are just in an aversion threshold. You just, everything's negative. You just want to say no, 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 no. You can't respond. You just want to avoid and reject. You can't pay attention. When you're in an orientation threshold, you're able to orientate, you're able to pay attention. 
you are more able to, um, you know, to respond. And, um, you know, you see this, we, it's, um, you see this a lot in, in people with ADHD, in um, autistic people. Um, you know, you have this generally, this higher levels of, of anxiety. Um, and, and so we really need to look at this, you know, this band of where we have our sensory reactivity, okay, or sensory modulation. Um, and we have also, what's also really important for that is, um, you know, your sensory reactivity is everything that's coming in. So I, I sent a message to another friend and just said, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I can hear people chewing. Ah, uh, people are, are are bumping into me. They are touching me. They're so noisy. Um, I'm feeling really stressed. Um, and and then what we need to look at is we need to look at the environment, right? We need to look at how we can find what we call co-regulation. What can we do in the environment um, to help us regulate? To help me reach that that optimal band of engagement. Um, so looking and seeing what is in that environment, what can we do to get there? So for me, it was getting a colder drink. Okay. It was thinking, okay, I cannot, um, overreact to the situation. Okay. I need to control my impulses. I need to control my anxiety. And that's where we have this, this, um, idea of self-regulation coming in. Um, and, it's, it's about our impulse control and our self-control. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of self-management and self-direction. Um, and I, it's where masking comes in. So if I was perhaps not in the situation with a lot of very posh people, um, some who were maybe pretentious, some who were maybe really anxious and also masking, um, and I had to, in my mind, be, be calm. So I was masking. I was smiling. Um, I was trying really, really hard. Um, and, and actually, we need to think about our threshold. So there are some days where, you know, I, um, my, my threshold for sensory input is, is really low, and I will become really quite reactive to the smallest amounts of, of input. Um, think about it in terms of if you are expecting an important phone call, the slightest sound is going to be um, alerting you, you're going to orientate you because you're going to think, oh, is it my phone ringing? If you're expecting someone at the door, every time you hear a car go past, you're going to be thinking, oh, is that for me? Okay. And, and what's happening in our bodies is we're not reaching this um, homeostasis. And um, if we think about our interoception, we're not getting that kind of that um, constant balance of, of our, our um, internal mechanisms, you know, that equilibrium. We need to think about what it is that we can do to get that, okay? Um, and and so it's it's constantly trying to get to that state um and thinking about this optimal state or this um 
these thresholds and our optimal engagement band. There's something that I um, I heard another colleague explain again the other day, and I thought, okay, that is what I I explain quite often as the the straw that broke the camel's back, and it's this concept of um, allostasis and allostatic overload. Okay, so. Um, if you think about allostasis, this is it's a it's it's an adaptive process where we try and achieve stability or homeostasis through physiological or behavioral changes. And it's usually in response to stress. Okay. So we want to try and stay stable or homeostatic. And we want to make these internal and external changes. And that is a hallmark of allostasis. Okay. So if you think from a behavioral point if we are there's this um biological adaptation so if you think about epinephrine you exercise you stressed you see a um, perceived danger and your epinephrine is going to increase and when you relax that is then going to decrease okay so your allostasis is really just a way of kind of turning on and turning off these different allostatic systems and mechanisms, and and that includes your immune system, your autonomic nervous system, and your your um, your endocrine systems, right? And you know you have these different types of allostasis, and in one of them we have what we call an allostatic overload. Okay, so this is when the energy levels or the effort that is required is greater than that individual's ability. So if you it's if you think again about spoon theory or it's more than i can give um i don't have the reserves and you know then there's another um type where there is the, there's enough energy you have the reserves but you keep on accumulating okay these kind of these resources but there's no escape response so um, you know, you get, if you think about a child who is tactile defensive, so throughout the day, they are bombarded with incidental touch. So, um, they go and get their book bag and someone touches them. They go to wash their hands. They go to the bathroom. Someone touches them, bumps into them, pushes them. A teacher might go, Hey, well done, Anissa, and pat you on the back. Um, you know, you might ruffle someone's hair and it's just one on top of the other. And, you know, in the morning, I, I'm, I may have been able to cope with it. But by the end of the day, that allostatic overload is just, is just too high, okay? Um, and, and that's then what I, I say, you know, at that point is then when the slightest touch at the end of the day is just going to set you off, set you off into either a rage or an explosion, um, and, you know, you need to think about this, this allostatic overload where they say, you know, but he was fine. He was fine all day. And then I just kind of said, Hey, touched his shoulder and he just exploded. Um, and, and so it's really important to bear this in mind, you know, to think about our, our thresholds and to think about our thresholds during the day, think about what we can do, um, and how we can think about our sensory reactivity 
and how that's going to affect our behaviors. Okay. Um, we talk about our behavioral responses. We have the four A's. So your arousal, your attention, your affect, and your action. Are you going to be, you know, if your arousal is, is really high, you might um, be distractible or hypervigilant and you might come across as being really anxious or fearful. Um, and what you could then do is you could become aggressive or just avoidant. Okay. So I, um, you know, it took me, I had, I had the iced coffee, which was great, walked around calmly. Um, and then I either needed a map, I needed something to focus on. Um, and actually after a little bit of trying to see some gardens, cause I've been watching it on TV and I had some gardens that I wanted to see, but they were just, it was so busy. There were people everywhere. You couldn't get in without having probably at one stage, five different people touching you. And I mean, this is not in a good way, right? Um, people with massive backpacks flinging into you. Um, so many different languages, which is amazing. It's fascinating. But when you're in this heightened state of alert, it's, it's kind of, are they talking about me? What are they saying about me? Um, what are they saying? Is there something I should be paying attention to? And all I wanted to do was to find somewhere to ground myself. And so we had queued for a long time for food, um, sat down, ate our food, which again was, you know, if you think about your interoception, it was organizing, it was calming. Um, and I went into the bathroom and I changed from my trainers to my sandals. My feet weren't hurting. I just took sandals. And as soon as I came out of the bathroom, I took my shoes off and I was barefoot for the rest of the afternoon. So I'd say for the next kind of five hours, I spent walking around barefoot and I was grounded and I could feel myself becoming more and more balanced and just more relaxed. And it wasn't all grass and sand and mud, you know, but there were, um, there was like, concrete and there was gravel there was grass um there were like these um metal pathways and i just felt myself coming back into that optimal engagement band coming back into that place where i could be um someone who had this really nice level of arousal and i could really pay attention um, to what was going on around me and I could really appreciate what was going on around me. Um, and it was amazing, um, walking around barefoot and I didn't, I, I, um, you know, no one, there were a few stewards who looked at me, um, but no one said anything. And luckily there were there was no glass around. So I knew that I was, you know, from that point, I didn't have to watch out for anything, but it was just, um, you know, the different temperatures and, the different textures um, and I just felt phenomenally grounded and it was um, it was amazing so you know I could get myself back to that optimal level of engagement and I could feel grounded and that was why I used my environment to get back to that state of okay 
<sighs> now I can respond. Now I can be me. Um, and, you know, I realized also I do other things. Like I always have a bag and I put stuff in it because it's heavy and it's weighted. And it allows me to to feel the bag. But that wasn't enough yesterday. Um, and so I want us to just just be reflective this week. Just think about your optimal band of engagement, what it takes for you to go out of that band and become really avoidant or just where you just can't respond. And then think about the people around you, the people you work with, your colleagues, your loved ones, your partners, your kids, and trying to see things from their point as well. Um, So have a fantastic week. I know that for some of you it is half term. Um, and remember, connection is everything. Stay connected. Have a great week. Bye.